This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. Uh, normally he kicks off the program, but last check he was chasing Colin Campbell and Stephen Walkham. We'll find out if he caught either of these gentlemen at the general manager's meetings in Florida. Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada. Hello, Frege. Hey, how you doing, Jeff? Uh, I'm well. Did you catch either uh, Coley or Walkham? <laughs> both. They were both standing together, so it was easy to reach out and grab them. Excellent. Excellent. You uh, you tracked them both down. So um, yeah, uh, I want to get a, a quick peek at what happened yesterday, and we'll go over those things. But let, let's do the freshest. So, what happened today? What was discussed? Any news coming out of today's day two of the general manager meetings? Well, I think there there were some things discussed. I don't think you're going to see anything uh, come into effect this year. Uh, as a matter of fact, they said it wouldn't be anything that comes into effect this year. Uh, they are looking at. Uh, the possibility of additional video review uh, for puck over glass. And like right now, uh, for a high stick to be reviewed, it's got to be called, and then you can have it reviewed. And uh, so and it's got to be like the major, obviously, taking it from a major down to a minor or no penalty at all. But if it's, for example, if it's like a two-minute high-sticking penalty and it turns out it was a teammate or his own stick that did it, you can't really check that right now. So I think there is some appetite potentially to making that part of the video review, but I think it's going to, there's supposed to be a conversation about whether or not it should be a coach's challenge or a league review. And I don't, and that's not going to happen this year. So I think that conversation will continue on the whole fighting after a clean hit thing. Um, you know, it, it simply comes down to, you don't have to change the rules. Uh, do you want to, uh, uh, I, I think the thing that really came down to it came down. One manager said to me, Jeff, is that it's mm-hmm. it's not only about necessarily using the instigator more often. It's just that after a play like that, who deserves to have the power play or the man advantage and making sure that that team gets it? And I think that's one of the things they they kind of talked about was not just using the instigator, but should a team get a power play out of it? if there's a situation like that. And again, I don't know if we're going to see a ton of that this year, but that conversation Mm -hmm. uh, definitely occurred too. Okay. So let let me rewind here because there's a, there's a lot there. So to the point about video review, I was talking about this at the beginning of the uh, beginning of the program and going over some of the things that you were just discussing with puck over glass and high stick and all that. One of the things that the NHL has tried to do, as you well know, for a long time, and I, I think they have it at a, a kind of a sweet spot right now, is length of game. They don't want their games taking too long. Yep. Um, okay. Especially now, now they also have three-on-three overtime in the shootout as well. I don't think they want to take the 60 minutes and make that longer than, what do you figure, like 220, 230? Like that seems to be a comfortable place for the NHL. And normally it's Colin Campbell who says when, you know, video review comes up or anything that would extend the game, this is usually his point of order where he says, you know, what we're doing here is going to extend the games. Do we really want to take this flow game and turn it into, and give reason to turn it into more stops and starts? Do you know if that was part of any of this conversation? Because I know, and I think Campbell is one of them, for a lot of people in the NHL, that's a real sensitivity. Stops that last too long and extend the length of the game. Absolutely. I think that's always part of the conversation. Yes. Um, 
I, I absolutely do. Um, you know, you remember a few years ago when they were doing that dry scrape after, uh, before overtime, right, or before the shootout. When did that end? Uh, Bettman was at a game at Madison Square Garden, and he saw people leaving. And he said, we're getting rid of this. And so that was, you know, that's, you know, that, that's kind of thing absolutely is a consideration. And so I think that's one of the reasons that it might end up being an official review as opposed to a coach's challenge. We'll see where we go here. But, Jeff, I always think time of games is something that the NHL looks at very seriously. I mean, look what's happening in baseball this spring. They have that pitch clock and everybody's that's raving it. about it. You know, like uh, people, yep. time is time is valuable and they, they're always worried about it. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so um, to a couple of other things as well. Um, any more conversation about the sale of the Ottawa Senators? Not so much today. Uh, the commissioner uh, speaks tomorrow. Um, he always talks yep. at the end of the meetings, which is tomorrow. So we'll see where it goes. Um, you know, uh, we're, we'll see how many people they go back to and do the check, the check bids process, which we talked about. Uh, on the podcast yesterday, but I'm assuming that'll be one of the big questions tomorrow. Um, that is interesting. So we'll uh, we'll and and I believe the time frame to like this next phase. Like I think we're all curious about timelines here. This next phase is still a couple of weeks, maybe even longer out. I think so. I, I don't think that this is like you know initially you know we have the lead up. People can look at the books and kind of say decide if they're in and then people make their opening bid and now we get really serious now the nhl is going to go back to these groups and say okay um you're you're, we're interested we want to know more or they're going to say we want you to up your offer or then we want to check the financing to make sure you can really do this and that is a longer part of the process this is i mean basically now we're finding out who the, the serious bidders really are and then after this, we're probably going to get down to one, if not two of them, to see who's the next uh, owner of the Ottawa Senators. Uh, I'm curious if uh, or how much conversation there was around this next topic, <clears throat> and it goes like this. Trade-related reasons. Mm-hmm. Has, has this been brought up at the manager's meeting? You, you know what? I haven't heard much about it. I should, uh, I should, I'll check that uh, later today or tomorrow. I to be honest, Jeff, I haven't heard much about it. But that doesn't mean it hasn't been there. I just, uh, it hasn't right. been a talking point yet. You should be down here to remind me to ask these questions. <laughs> okay, well, what about pegs? What about pegs? Yes. We heard so much about yeah, yeah. it. You know, there was like that the temp- tempest in a teapot for a couple of weeks, and goalies have been asked about it. Teams have been asked about it. We all know the uh, the arenas that have, you know, the sturdier pegs or sturdier systems to keep the pegs in place much concert around pegs there has been talk about pegs and where we're uh, where we're going here uh i think that a lot of the talk has been about um like just uh, I, like i think one of the things they've kind of talked about jeff i've heard is that the position of the holes in the ice is it the right spot or does it need to be somewhere else um like there's been like i, I don't think they would be moved far for example but Someone said to me, even if they're moved a small little bit, would that help keep the nets on? And uh, like, so therefore, the goalies aren't pushing directly into them. Maybe, it, maybe that'll help. 
But yes, there has been a lot. There has been, I don't know, a lot. There has definitely been conversation about um, the uh, about what could, what to do to prevent them from being knocked off as much. You know, they have been pointing out that it hasn't been happening as much lately. Uh, but there's there, yep. there's definitely. But one of the other things they talked about was when they get knocked off and the referees and linesmen are putting them back on, are they putting them back on like enough? And I, I just think that that is, I think they're looking at everything here just to make sure this doesn't become something they need to deal with in a bigger way. Let's just have Leon Dreisaitl put all the pegs in. He seems to be just fine at putting in the pegs. <laughs> He's very good at it. Yes. Just give, it this, give, give, the, give the job to Dreisaitl. Uh, okay, so yesterday was a tough day. Coming into today, a tough day as well by way of injuries and that conversation. I want to get to Lekkonen here in a couple of moments for Colorado, but um, Andrei Svechnikov. And by the way, as yeah. Mike Russo pointed out on Twitter from The Athletic, it is Andrei Svechnikov bobblehead night tonight. Um, oh, I saw that. As the Hurricanes face off against the Winnipeg Jets. And, uh geez, you know, the, Don Waddell is waiting for a second opinion to see if it's, you know, to see the na- the nature of the injury. And it could be disastrous. Um, I don't know if there's really much of a question here as much as this just sucks. Uh, I love watching Andrei Svechnikov. I was saying to Matty off the top of the show, he's someone at the beginning of every season. I, I wonder if this is the year that he gets into the Rocket Richard Trophy race because he has that type of potential, and we've all seen it before. Um, just a quick thought on Svechnikov, and now I guess it's over to Yesu Poliarvi to, to take that spot. Well, I mean, the other tough thing was, uh, was uh, that, that Waddell said today was that people are saying to him, uh, that, that he, he's saying, Svechnikov, he's saying, sorry, Don, like, like it's his fault. Like he did anything to really let anyone down. It's just, yeah. it stinks, right? Like we don't need to see these kinds of injuries on any player, uh, never mind a star player on a Stanley Cup contender. It's really tough to see. But you know, uh, Jeff, we we got the word last night that something was going on. Um, like I, I like, you know, I, I got to tell you, like it's. I, I was talking to someone this morning. And, you know, they said absolutely Svechnikov should go for a second opinion. That, that is the important thing to do, just to make sure. But if you've got one doctor telling you that you, you have a torn ACL and you're going to be out for the season, like the, the guy was saying to me, it's, it's really, I mean, you, you hope like hell for another path, but it's really hard to see it. Yeah. Um, like generally those kinds of things in, uh, in today's world are, are, are not m- misdiagnosed. So, you, you absolutely go for the second opinion. You hope for a prayer or a miracle or whatever you want to say that can make it all work out. But, you know, as of yesterday the, or yesterday afternoon or wherever it was, and I guess he told his uh, teammates last night too, I, I think the Hurricanes have been bracing for the worst possible news. Like, tough season for them. Patch already and now this. Um, you know, that's, that's really yeah. tough to come back from. Two, two star-scoring wingers going down for the year. Yeah, um, over to Aho, over to Natchez, and over to to Puliyarvi, I suppose. Well, you know, um, Arturi, you know, you make it, you make you make a really good point about Puliyarvi. Like, like you know, it, like it's 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 really interesting that that he's the guy who could get an opportunity out of all of this. As you know, Jeff, there has been totally. a huge debate about Puliyarvi's work, and <laughs> um, like. Yes. A lot of people who are very pro-analytics say that there's really good numbers there, and he's a better player than he's shown in Edmonton. 
And I know the Oilers feel they gave him every opportunity they could, and it just didn't work out there, which happens sometimes. And, you know, here he walks into a situation where he's going to be put in a big role, and, uh, you know, I hope it works out for him. You know, and he's, he'll be playing with Sebastian Naho off the top of the show. I talked about that 2016 Finland team at the juniors mm-hmm. that won gold. And it was, you know, Aho and Line and Pugliarvi on the top line. But, like, you know, Miko Rantanen was, was on that team. Like, there's a uh, Rupe Hins was, was on that team as well. Like, there's a lot of really key players in the NHL that were on that squad. And if Carolina... Uh, can strike gold here, putting Aho and Yesu Poliarvi, and I'm not not lost on me right now. Is that bird chirping uh, in the background right now? I'm very envious, Elliot, uh, of where yeah. you are. I think everybody listening right now is as well. Um, but if they can strike gold there with Poliarvi and Aho again, then that's you know bonus time for the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, listen, Colorado's had a lot of injuries this year, uh, all through the season, and they've persevered. We talk about McKinnon. We talk about Ranton and how great they've been for this team. Uh, Lekkonen scores two goals, adds a helper. Colorado just hands it to the Montreal Canadiens, 8-4 last night. But halfway through the second, Lekkonen breaks a finger on a shot, leaves the game. 4-6, to six, not good for the Avs, not good for Arturi Lekkonen, who, as you know, was just great for the Avalanche in the playoffs last year. Oh, yeah. And the other thing, too, is just having an unbelievable night, right? Like three points and what? Tw- yeah. Three points and his return gets the big ovation. He's tearing up the night with the Avalanche, and then that happens. You know, I, uh, I saw Chris McFarland, uh, the GM of the Avalanche here, uh, there on Wednesday Hockey tomorrow night with uh, against the Maple Leafs, and you know, I, I was just saying to him, like, what a run of just injuries. And, and he was kind of joking that he's almost worried now if, if, a, if an injury doesn't happen in a game, like, it's almost like too good news. So, I mean, look, I mean, <laughs> four to six weeks, you know, Bednar did say, I saw the quotes from his interview this morning on radio that they, they, it, it might potentially be longer. I mean, Colorado's a nightmare. Nobody's going to want to get them in the first round. Uh, but there's no question that uh, it's going to be a little bit harder without Lekin in there for them. Uh, but some good news injury stories today. Well, one specifically, Sean Couturier, who's been skating on his own, Elliot, joined the Flyers, albeit in a non-contact jersey, and said afterwards, you know, after unlike the first surgery, his back looks to be reacting well. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves at all. This is still very much day by day, and we know what back injuries are like. I don't want to speculate on what's next or return to the lineup or whatever, but some good news. It's always a better league when players like Sean Couturier are in it. Yeah, and I love Tortorella's quote about wanting him to sit out the rest of the year and, and Couturier going out. He's going out of his mind and he wants to play, which Tortorella said he understood. <laughs> I, I kind of I kind of yeah. like that. I really like that about him. So uh, I think the thing is, is that um, I like, I mean, like you want to, especially him. I actually thought he had a really interesting quote too. I, I don't, I saw, I saw it on Twitter, so I'm not really sure the full context of it. But you know, when he signed his extension, the Flyers were going for it, and now they're in a rebuild. He said it's different. It, it's not necessarily what he signed up for. But he was not. It wasn't controversial as much as just was a realization of just how things have changed so quickly in Philadelphia. But you know, at the end of the day, you want to see him healthy and you want to see him playing, and and hopefully we get a, a step towards that uh, in the next little while here. 
Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs and Ryan O'Reilly. You had the tweet about Kyle Dubas. What's the update? Yeah, so it's like it sounds like he's going to play. They're saying he's expected to play before the playoffs. So that's that's good news for them. Obviously, you you, you want to um, you know you want to make. I, I don't think it's a question of feeling part of the group socially, but just ready to play for the playoffs yeah. and being part of the system and everything. And um, you know, I think with a guy like Ryan O'Reilly, you probably don't worry too much about that in terms of you know his the way he prepares and his. A commitment to the game, but you know, if you want to avoid it, you don't want to have a guy, especially a guy who's missed as much time as he has this year. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. you, you want to avoid just having it, having his first game be game one of the playoffs. That's good. That's really good news for them. So, real quick, I got about sixty seconds left here, but I wanted to mention one thing to you and get your thoughts quickly. And this is a Buffalo okay. slash Toronto issue, and we we saw another another chapter of of the the sneakiest dirtiest rivalry going on in the NHL right now. And this stretches okay. back probably to the outdoor game in Hamilton last year, but maybe further. Um, there is definitely something between Austin Matthews and Rasmus Dahlin. These are two superstar players. A lot of it flies under the radar. This isn't like what Kadri and Ristolainen used to do every time Buffalo and Toronto uh, got together where they would throw down as, as early and often as possible. But for my money, it is the quietest, dirtiest, sneakiest rivalry going in the NHL that nobody talks about. Do you have a thought on, or have you noticed, what's happening between Matthews and Rasmus Dahlin? I've absolutely noticed it, and I think it's two games in a row for Matthews because he was going at it pretty good with McDavid the other night too, right? And I just wonder yes. if, you know, it's been, a, it's been a quiet year for Matthews. I think there's been a lot of uh, what's going on here, what's wrong with them. I mean, obviously he's been injured, and that's a key factor. But what's going on here, it seems yeah. like kind of a mild year for him. I, I have wondered if on some level this was tapering like a swimmer, Jeff, for the playoffs. And I think the with a month ago in the regular season, the ornery Austin Matthews is showing up and getting himself ready for the postseason. Yeah. That's what I think this is. We are we are seeing it. Okay, off to the birds chirping in the sand and the sun and the water. Thanks, Fridge. You know, I've got an hour worth of TV hits and stuff to do here, Jeff. This isn't just uh, all play. Oh. I'm working really hard. Yes, yes. I hope you did the ironic quotation marks when you said working. <laughs> That's what we all assume. Uh, Elliot Friedman from Hockey Night and uh, and 32 Thoughts. Uh, thanks to Ryan Callahan for stopping by. Thanks to uh, Ryan Novozinski of NJ.com. And you just heard from Elliot Friedman. Thanks to Jen Rolnick, Lance Kennedy, and Matt Marchese. Broadcasting from the MBC here, the Merrick Broadcasting Center, which is my basement. Thanks for joining me.